proved, but um, basically the Holy Spirit, like, like a, a quartet, a string quartet, set up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. A string quartet, I'm told, has a cello, two violins, and a viola. Very distinct sounds, very distinct notes, but all blended in harmony together. And so Matthew writes from his perspective, Mark, Luke, and John from their perspectives. They tell the story, but from just a slightly different angle. Or, if you will, the Holy Spirit is like the producer of a film, and he sets up four cameras, all at different angles, all to reveal how the crowd reacts or uh, what the main character says, while another one will leave out a certain portion of what the main character says and be panning what the enemies are thinking at that time. They're all relating different elements. And so Matthew speaks about Jesus as the sovereign, the king of the Jews. Hence, all of the references in Matthew's gospel to what the prophet said, what the Old Testament writers wrote, his common phrase, so that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. He uses that phrase a lot in Matthew. Mark, on the other hand, leaves out not all, but quite a bit of those Old Testament predictions that would prove that Jesus is the fulfillment, because unlike Matthew, who wants to speak of Jesus as the sovereign, the king of the Jews, Mark wants to portray Jesus as the servant. So Mark is writing for a Roman audience and wants to show in rapid succession what Jesus did, not so much what Jesus said. Matthew focuses on what Jesus said. He covers the three great discourses, the Sermon on the Mount, the Olivet Discourse, the Kingdom Parables in great detail. Not Mark. He'll tip his hat to them, but not in the detail. He's more interested not in what Jesus said, but what Jesus did. So there are words that are repeated that show this, that demonstrate this. The little conjunction and, the little adverb now, are used in the Gospel of Mark 1,331 times. This happened, and, and, now, now. Also the word immediately. Immediately he did this, and he did that, now he did this. Immediately he went there. You see, you, you read just the first chapter and you're going, just because of this action-packed, hyperdrive gospel of Mark. Mark was not an apostle. In fact, Mark was probably born 10, more like 15 years after Jesus Christ was born. Thus, Mark was probably in his late teens when all the key events in the gospels were happening. Many scholars believe that Mark was that unnamed young man in the Garden of Gethsemane mentioned in Mark chapter 14, the unnamed young man who fled from the garden naked when somebody grabbed his robe and they took his robe, that's all he had on, so he just streaked out of the garden and went home. Very unusual evening that was. Most people think that that was Mark in that story. It is believed that though Mark wrote this book, 
It is largely the testimony of the apostle Peter who told it to Mark. Because Mark wasn't an apostle, wasn't there, was in his late teens when these things were happening, maybe was in the garden. Yes, the early church met in his mother's house in Jerusalem. But that it was Peter who led him to Christ, discipled him in Christ, and then told him the story from Peter's perspective. And I believe that to be true. Simply because the majority of early church historians bear that out. Papias of Hierapolis, Clement of Alexandria, Eusebius of Caesarea, Justin Martyr, all those early church biographers and historians mentioned that Peter was the one who discipled Mark, John Mark. That's why in Peter, in the, in the book of Peter, he refers to Mark as my son.